0: reading this evening will come from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He proclaimed liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. I'm very pleased to introduce Brother John Mark Smith, both because he represents Eastern European missions, a work that we're involved in monthly and which we believe is a good work, but also because he was one of the students at Magnolia Bible College when I was president there, and we became as well as uh, student and teacher good friends. We had a quartet somewhat like um, Cornerstone, And John Mark was a leader in that and did a great job for us. And since that time, uh, he has preached in a number of places and now is working for Eastern European Missions, representing them on a regional basis. I'm delighted to see him again, to have an opportunity to be with him again, and I just know you'll enjoy hearing him again, and I know you'll be glad to know the work of Eastern European Missions. John Mark.
1: Thank you, Brother May. Not too different than Cornerstone, just a lot better. I mean, it was, but there's no comparison, really. No, uh, actually, Will Collins, who was in Cornerstone, came and, and actually sang with us before he sang in Cornerstone, and, and we sent him off to a place where he would be loved and adored. So and that was here. But uh, I thank you for letting me come tonight. Before I get started, one thing I do I did it this morning in Crestview, Florida. I do it every time before I, I preach a lesson about what God's doing in Eastern Europe. There's a song I like to lead, and it's called the Victory Chant. And I'm sure people here know it well enough. I'm going to sing the lead lead line, and you repeat. So, Hail Jesus, You're My King, and then you, you repeat after me. So, sing this with me. Hail Jesus,
2: You're My King. Your life frees me to sing. I will praise You all my days. You're perfect in all Your ways. Jesus, you're my Lord. I will obey your word. I want to see your kingdom come. Not my will, but yours be done. Glory, glory to the Lamb. You take me by the hand. Lead me to the promised land, glory, glory to the Lamb, hail, hail, Lion of Judah, how powerful you are, hail, hail, Lion of Judah. how
1: wonderful you are. Amen. Thank you. So I leave that song because it is about the victory and how powerful and how mighty our God truly is. And, And so I begin tonight by saying, well, first, it's good to see all these folks that I know from days gone by. It's good to see Brother May. Jim, good to see you, brother. We share a similar haircut. He's a little more around the edges. Fenner, always a pleasure. These guys have blessed my life, have for a long time, and, and I know they've blessed yours as well. Everywhere I travel across the southeast, in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, I'm going to move this because I'll kill myself on it, uh, I, I get to see people, a lot of whom I've never met, and yet I know they're part of my family. I get to meet people who have already been uh, in the kingdom of God for a long time, and some who are new, new Christians, and yet we're all related, and we all get to share that same common bond. And it's a joy for me to be able to travel and, and meet new folks because I know that we together are a truly blessed people because we have a mighty God who is at work in our lives today, right here and right now. And I hope you can amen that in your own life. I'm sure you can. Now, I'm going to tell you that my goal tonight is not for you to, at the end of this, to say, oh, what a great ministry EEM is. My goal tonight is for you to leave here saying, what a mighty God we serve, because I'm going to tell you some things that I think will probably surprise you a little bit. I know they, over the last few years, as we've seen God working in Eastern Europe, I've seen things that I thought were unprecedented. With God, nothing is unprecedented, but I believe in our human eyes, we see things and think, I never thought that would happen. And that's what we're seeing across Eastern Europe. I'm going to share one of my favorite passages tonight. Is there a trick to this? There we go. Was that me or was that you? Okay, all right. Our God is able to do, and I know you know this passage, he's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Now, most preachers stop there, at least the preachers I know. But there's power in the rest of this verse because it's according to, say it with me, his power that is at work where? It's in us. You see, our mighty God has tasked us to, to walk with him hand in hand, to be his people on this earth, to change the world. And he wants us, he's, it's as if he's looking back at us as he walks this earth and says, I'm doing things, are you coming with me? We are tasked with bringing true freedom to people. Now when I say freedom, what do you automatically think of? As an American, what are the, a couple icons you think of? Physical, tangible things. Flag, okay. What else? Liberty Bell, Bell, okay. Some people say Statue of Liberty. Some say the bald eagle. We think of these things in American terms, and there's nothing wrong with that. We all desire freedom. And I will share with you that there's people all over this world that desire different types of freedom. And it's no different than what we see in Scripture. You see the picture down here on the bottom Noah's Ark. We know the story of Noah, for example. We know that this is where God warns of coming judgment, and he says, Noah, you and your family are tasked with bringing others with you if they'll come. And so Noah goes out and challenges the culture of the day and says, I want you here with me. Come get on the ark. It's the only way you're going to be saved from God's coming judgment. Of course, people scoffed. They laughed. But Noah and his family desired freedom greatly, freedom from the condemnation that was coming. And so they did what they should do, and they tried to bring people along that would not come, and Noah and his family ultimately were freed from devastation and condemnation. We know the story of Abraham and Isaac. We know that God asks Abraham to take his son to sacrifice him on the altar, and we see an Isaac who is is, uh, absolutely uh, obedient, and Abraham who is absolutely faithful And we know Abraham was willing to follow through with this task because he knew that God could bring his son back to life. But I don't believe it was God's goal to bring his son back to life. We can see that it was God's goal to save him from death, just as our mighty God has saved us from death. And so we see Almighty God free Isaac because his father believed that his son would be freed from death. Then, of course, you have the story of Saul of Tarsus. This man who persecuted Christians. This man who was devastating to the early church. He refused to believe that Jesus was the chosen one of God. Refused to believe that he was the promised redeemer. And we see him capturing Christians and killing Christians and throwing them in prison. And this guy who persecuted the early church so much certainly didn't believe that he needed to be freed from anything. I mean, he had had the truth. He, He knew what he believed. And yet that one day on the road to Damascus when he was blinded by the light and we see his entire life change because suddenly he recognizes the freedom that he needs is in Jesus and he didn't know until that moment. So no matter who you are, whether you're Noah, Abraham, Saul, John, Mark, Brother May, whoever, we all desire freedom and need freedom, especially the spiritual freedom that comes through the love of Jesus Christ. What about freedom today? What is this? Someone call it out. Berlin Wall. I, said, I asked this question at a church a few months back. I said, so what is this? And no adult would say anything. Finally, a kid hollered out, that's the Iron Curtain. I said, you must have been homeschooled. Um, <laughs> so the icon of desiring freedom, right? I mean, we, many of us understand and know what this represents. That's when we got our start as EEM, Eastern European Mission. 1961, the wall went up. And we began as a smuggling operation, smuggling God's word behind the Iron Curtain. I'm gonna, how many millennials we have in here? You're, you Feel proud to be a millennial. Raise your hand. Okay, there's no judgment here. Come on, you can do it. I, I see little hands going boop. Um, the group that started EEM were the millennials of their day. They weren't overly interested in providing money to build a building or to support some ministry that served the church. They wanted to smuggle Bibles behind the wall so that others might come to know Jesus. That was their call on their heart. Seven couples from from Abilene Christian College back in the day. And I've got a great story. Gwen Hensley, the guy who started this ministry, it was really his dream, his baby. He was hanging out beside one of these gates one day, or a gate in one of these walls one day. And he was trying to figure out... How do we get Bibles in bulk behind the wall? Because they had created this Marlboro Bible, the size of a cigarette pack. And they were smuggling them in in 5, 10, 15 quantity on their person. But they had to get more in because the need and the desire from others who wanted the Bible was so great. So he's standing out beside this gate and he sees a car pull up. He's thinking, maybe we can get a car in. But as the car pulls up, uh, the guards stop the car. They have him pop the hood, pop the trunk, open the doors, They check with mirrors and dogs around the car and inside the vehicle. And the idea is, two things, there are two things that they were trying to keep from getting in behind this wall. Guns, obviously, and Bibles. Because both create opportunity for revolution. And so, Gwen was frustrated. He didn't know what to think or what to do. And he prayed over it. And then he sees this black Chevrolet Impala drive up to the gate. And it's got two American flags on the front and tinted windows and because it's an american diplomat's car they wave it right on through the gate The gwen goes out and buys a black chevrolet impala he tints the windows puts two american flags on the front and loads that joker up with bibles front to back top to bottom with the hopes that that was god's plan sure enough he pulled up to the gate for the first time and they waved him right on through god's opportunities are the opportunities that we should seek Sometimes it's in our own human futility where we think we have all the answers and then suddenly we recognize that God will show us a way when no other way seems available. I'm going to show you a few numbers tonight just to give you some context as to where we've been and where we are now. I'll take you back 10 years, 2009. Uh, we, by the way, we provide 90% of our funding goes to providing Bibles to those who are seeking. We don't just go out and just scatter Bibles. Okay, We have people requesting by projects. So sometimes it's 10 Bibles for a small church. Sometimes it's 1,000 Bibles for a public school in one of six different countries. They also use Christian ethics training materials that we provide. And sometimes it's, uh, we have a project in Serbia and uh, no, Bosnia and Herzegovina that next year will be a 100,000 Bible project. So it's on any number of of scale of, of magnitude. And So, in 2009, 293,904 books. Oh, by the way, we also provide, 90% goes to that stuff, uh, the Bibles, and then 10% goes to character training materials, marriage helps, song books for churches, minor things, supplemental helps for churches and and groups as well. But 90% goes to Bibles. 2009, and then 10, it went down to 162,000. And then in 2011, we went up to 220, and then 2012, We uh, go up to uh, just a little bit more, 2013, we go down a little bit, 2014, boom, it hits, Uh, 489,000, we thought, what a banner year, it's amazing, we're so excited to see uh, God provide these opportunities, and we're like, how in the world are we going to end up in the black, but because of folks like you, we did. And then, next came 2015, went down a little bit, we expected that, we didn't figure it would go any higher than 500,000, and then 2016 came along. 747,382. Wow. I mean, you can't top that, right? And so, then we roll into 2017, and you hit 1.184 million books distributed. Um, yeah, I see Jaws dropped. Mine were dropped too. We are, we and, and, and I'm going to tell you, financially, that was a hard time for us, because that was as closest we ever got. But again, we've been praying for opportunities. Lord, show us the people who need and desire God's word. And, and he did, in abundance. And then we realized we haven't been praying hard enough. So, 2018 came along. Let's go to that next slide there, and I will show you this. We actually went down in our distribution, and I apologize, that 2017 number's wrong. It's supposed to be 1,045,000. Uh, 2018 came along, and, and we went down our distribution, but we actually printed more books, Or they were the distribution numbers. uh, We were printing more books on that budget year, but the books were not distributed. Next slide. Until the next year, and this year, uh, uh, the beginning of 2019. So uh, 1,054,500 went out by the end of January this year. So, um, again, all that to say, God is on the move, folks. He is not slowing down. The opportunities are great. The soil over there is amazing. Because the soil, the people have been beat up. The people have been absolutely devastated. And yet, because in their lives they've been devastated, they're looking for something more. And they know where to look. And they're asking for God's word. So, something many people don't realize is that in 2008, beginning in 2008, we began providing God's word into the public schools in Ukraine. Okay, um, We started with eastern Ukraine, Donetsk, and by the way, this morning... How many of y'all know the situation in Ukraine? Raise your hand. Okay, there's been warring taking place in Ukraine since 2014. Uh, Russian separatists in Ukraine, as well as Russians coming in and bombarding with, with munitions, bombarding the entire eastern side, as well as Crimea. Our headquarters was in Donetsk. We had to move to Kiev, in the center part of the country. And when all of that started, and it's still taking place today people had to escape uh, because it has been taken over by, by the Russians. And, but that's where we got our beginning in 08, was in that part portion of the country. And that portion of the country had Christians running the public schools, and they were thinking, we want to use the Bible to teach Christian ethics, to teach character to our kids, because we know our kids need more, and their discipline, we can't discipline them well, and their academic performance is absolutely terrible, and we think this can help. So, without getting permission from the state government, from the president of Ukraine, they went ahead and began that process of teaching the kids using our Bibles and asked us to help develop this character training material. After two years, we got word that the president of Ukraine and, the, and Lilia Horinovich, who can show her picture, um, this is the education minister in Ukraine, they received word that academic performance in two regions across the The thousands of schools in Ukraine, two regions, had academic performance going up and discipline issues going down. The metrics were speaking to what was going on in eastern Ukraine. And so when they approached these administrators of these two regions and said, the president approached them and said, what's changed? What have you done? They said, well, we're teaching the Bible. We're actually teaching character using the words of Jesus and 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 the stories of Jesus. He said, then I want the Bible in all the public schools in Ukraine. Now, I will tell you, I don't know what this year holds. They have a new president now, and he's changing everything. So we'll see. But God's still in control. Absolutely still in control. But this is Lilia Herinovich, and she actually said EEM is a great partner in our work of changing the moral foundation of our country. And so we see freedom in Christ continuing to spread. We have filled more than two-thirds of the public schools in Ukraine with Bibles thus far in the last ten years. And... Goodness gracious, uh, the opportunities persist. And folks, that's good news. But there's another side to this good news, another side to this idea of freedom. And yeah, let me show you real quick. We, we do provide Bibles in the public schools in Ukraine, Slovenia, Romania, Bulgaria, and Croatia. I'll be in Croatia in 11 days, so pray for me as I travel. Uh, but we also have made our way into Greece in this unique opportunity that this is one of those things we're thinking, how in the world would this take place? I want you to think for a moment about Muslim refugees, okay? And, and I want you to think about this pasty bald white guy going into a Muslim country trying to teach about Jesus. Do you think that would work? You can giggle, because I did when I thought about it. I, and it terrifies me to think of that prospect, because that's, this guy was not made for that. Well, let me tell you, in Greece, there are Christians who have met the refugees. Let's keep, scroll through the next nine slides or so. Christians in Greece who are meeting refugees on the shores of Greece. These refugees coming from Iraq, Iran, Syria, uh, Afghanistan, coming across the Aegean Sea from Africa up to the shores of Greece. And Christians are meeting them on the shores and taking care of them, giving them food, water, beds, clothes, showing them and living out the love of Jesus, showing them, and let's go to the slide that says Matthew 25 The showing them and living out what it means to be a disciple. Basically living out... I'll wait till it gets there. This slide right here. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked or I needed clothes and you clothed me. These disciples are living out the call of Jesus. And folks, the Muslim refugee coming across the sh- onto the shores of Greece are saying, why are you doing this for us? You're supposed to hate us. We've been taught that you hate us. And yet you're showing us this love and this compassion. And this is the answer that these Christians are giving. We do this because Jesus teaches us to do this. He teaches us to love you and to, and to serve you. I want you to imagine leaving hatred and violence, and warring, and leaving all that behind, and, and then... You see, for the first time, someone loving you unconditionally. Think about what that does to your psyche. It it rocks your world. So when I say the soil is good, what I'm saying is that these people have been prepared emotionally, mentally, physically, and broken down so that God's Word can actually dive deep and start bearing fruit. So we began getting calls. Once these Christians on the shores of Greece started serving... This underserved community, we began getting phone calls from these ministries in Greece saying, folks, they want to know about Jesus. So we need Bibles in Arabic and Farsi. Well, those are Middle Eastern languages. We're Eastern European mission. That's kind of out of our purview. And then suddenly it's like, but you know what? This is a refugee crisis that has become a refugee opportunity. And God provided the money. Sure enough, so the first six months, we provided 2,000 Arabic Bibles and 2,000 Farsi Bibles. That was in 2015. We're now in 2019, praise God, well over 250,000 Bibles in Arabic and Farsi to the hands of the refugee. And last year alone, over 800 baptisms in two churches of Muslim refugees coming to Christ. And This year, almost 800 thus far. Tell me God is not at work in Eastern Europe. Folks, he's rocking this world, and, and we find ourselves in the middle of something that if we were in control, I think we would destroy it. It's like putting the government in charge of something. It's just going to be torn to pieces. But because God is at the helm of what's going on, or we're simply trying to follow, the doors continue to open. Let's slowly go through the next few slides. Let's stop here. This is, uh, is Ahmed. He and his wife and daughter are from Afghanistan. Uh, the next guy is Hamid. Hamid is from Iran, and in this, in this picture, let's go back, he's pointing at... His favorite verse, 1 John 4, where where it says, God is love. And this is what he said. I have learned that God is love. Jesus is love. And I didn't know that. And I now know that because I read it in my Bible and because the followers of Jesus have demonstrated that love. Folks, Muslims are coming to Christ because of the love of Jesus. Not because some guy stood up and said, Muhammad is a fool. Not because someone said, your faith is based on lies because they see the love of Jesus lived out by people who just want to share their own life with them. The next person, that's Fatima. She's from Syria. And then the next two are Benuz and her daughter Asal. Both of them just went back to Iran to serve in the Iranian underground church. When they first came over, she had not... um, Benuz wanted to become a Christian after she studied, and her husband... Didn't care. He just stayed out of the picture. But then she was able to study with him, and now their entire family are a family of disciples. And the last time I saw her, she didn't have that covering anymore. She actually had dyed her hair, has kind of an orangey blonde look to it. And I said, Benu, news your hair. And she goes, freedom. <laughs> it was beautiful. I can't say that about my hair, but it was absolutely glorious because God is at work. And this next guy I want to introduce you to I'm going to let him introduce himself by video. His name is Masood.
3: When I decide to come to Europe, my plan and my destination was uh, clear. I say, okay, I'm going to Germany, then I will go for the war uh, for better and this is the moment they reach Europe and supposed security our boat was broken and all of us felt the same I lost my son then I asked God I said just I need you right now so praise the God he's still alive he prepared my heart there yeah, I was broken. When I come here, I heard about the ministries. My friends uh, are went. I was thinking Christianity or Shia like enemies. So it's, it's impossible they can love us. <laughs> then they introduced the Bible. It's completely different. I was praying, prayer, prayer, because we have in Quran. If you reject the Islam, you, you should be dying. I didn't sleep three days. Then I say, okay, if I reject Jesus, I reject my life. Then I decided to come to face and follow Jesus. Many things is different and change in my life. I think God chose me to be here, to share His word and His life and His salvation. Now my vision is uh, for Afghanistan. Sometime I review my life and uh, I can uh, see uh, very clear how God uh, used the situations to prepare my heart. Praise God we have uh, Bible in Farsi here. That's Big, big, uh, yeah. Uh, less.
1: Thank you. I'm <laughs> going change slides. So, this next picture, what do you think this is? Someone, you're welcome to talk to me tonight. So what do you think this is? Wild guess? Bible study? Good answer. That's exactly what that is. You've got... Guys standing around together studying God's word. Seems pretty simple and painless, right? Next picture. These guys. The guy on the far, my far, uh, well, your far left, that's Bart Rabinski. Bart is our vice vice president of European operations. He handles gathering all the requests. He handles bringing the teams together over there. He handles all the actual distribution on that side of the world. So that video is actually still going. That's amazing, isn't it? In the middle is Yasser, and on the right is Masood, the guy who you just met on the video. Well, Bart saw Yasser and Masood talking over in the corner and laughing it up, cutting it up, having a good time. Bart went over and said, now, Masood, you're from Afghanistan. Yasser, where are you from? And Yasser said, I'm from Afghanistan. Oh, were you all friends in Afghanistan? And they kind of looked at each other and said, no, in Afghanistan. Masood said, I'm Sunni. He's Shiite. Our families have been at war for 1,400 years. We hated each other, but because of Jesus, we're brothers. Go to the next picture. Now, I want you to picture this. You've got Shiites and Sunnis sitting across the table from one another, talking about Jesus. Folks, there's no president in the middle of that table. There is no peace treaty in the middle of that table. What's in the middle of that table is the word of God. That's the only thing that can bring 1,400 years of war to a close. What an amazing picture this is. To me, it's profound. And I'm going to tell you, God is still on the move. He is tearing down walls, and he is busting down doors, and he's taking refugee crises and turning them into refugee opportunities. When Jesus first started his ministry, he went to the synagogue in his hometown, and he picked up the scroll and he read from Isaiah 61. The passage you heard earlier, we'll read it again now. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Now this is his mission statement. This is what he says, That this, this is kind of the layout of, these are the ones I'm going after. The Spirit of the Lord, is on, Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. What about those behind the wall here? Do they meet that job description? Are they not burdened and bound and oppressed and captive and prisoners in darkness? Absolutely. And so they meet every aspect of this job description. Just like the Muslim refugee who has been destroyed by his own, man, his, his own uh, family member, who has been, um, his whole livelihood has been destroyed. I can share story after story about Mahdi or about, um, oh, there's another guy. I, um, it doesn't matter. But I can share story after story about these guys and these, these, their, their spouses and what ISIS has done to them, why they came into Europe, and now how they see that God was at work the entire time. Well, I believe that it is our call. This is for me. This is for EEM. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. We will not say no if there's a request. We may say, hold on, but we won't say no. Because we see that God is on the move. And tonight, I want to say thank you for helping continue this process so that God may continue to be on the move. He's been on the move for 58 years, at least through this ministry. It's been a good 58 years, and we're looking for another 58 to come. I'll share with you tonight that we have, we have needs, okay? And I'm not asking you for money tonight. We need your prayers. We desperately need you to pray that we have the foresight to see God's hand, to see Him moving when He's moving, and to follow His will when He is wanting us to, to do whatever it is He wants us to do. We need your help in prayer. And I will be honest with you, I need you to help me meet more people, uh, We don't aim for church budgets anymore. I mean, that's great if we get in one, but we aim to spend time with individuals. Our budget 10 years ago was half a million dollars, and now we're at five and a half million dollars, roughly, because we spend more time with individuals, and we can talk to hearts who are willing to support this ministry long term. I need more people to go see, and so I need you to be my eyes and ears to take me to more people where I can share this message. Folks, I'm going to say it. I hope you know where I'm going. God is good all the time. That was very weak. I hope you're ashamed of yourselves tonight. Let's do it again. God is good all the time. God is good. And I thank you for letting me come tonight. If you have any questions, I'll be out here in the foyer or wandering around seeing people. My booth is out here. There's materials out on the table. Don't take the books, please. Uh, Those are just for you to look at. Uh, And also... Um, sweet ladies who like to take, who are proper and, and, and they see the Farsi book facing the wrong direction. That's because they read that way, so don't turn it over, okay? It's, it's supposed to be. Anyway, but look at those books, grab some materials and take them with you, and take my business card as well, and, and let's get together and continue to, um, to make things, to see, work with God as He makes things happen across Eastern Europe. Thank you again for the time tonight, and um, let's pray. We'll close this out with a prayer. And I'm sure we have another song as well. So, uh, Lord Almighty, we are thankful for who you are, for what you're doing, and for allowing us to be your hands and feet across this globe. Lord, I pray that you will challenge hearts tonight, even if it's not in Eastern Europe, I challenge hearts tonight to support locally, to make a change in their own lives, to, to help those who are homeless, to help those who are in prison, to help those who are alone the elderly, the shut-in, to make a difference in the life of somebody. Lord, I thank you for providing every opportunity that you've given us to serve in your kingdom. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.